You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Indeed you are Shavua Tov and welcome to what's going to be my last show for December. This certainly is a holiday fever in the air and um, I know that lots of people already are starting to go away, have gone away and for the rest of us hanging around we're talking about going away and we're looking forward please God to be spending a very special time with family in Israel at a family wedding. So this is going to be my last show for the for this year, please God. And uh, of, of course, I will be back at the same time and same place next year. Not exactly sure when um, in January, but I'm sure that... Uh, you know, you will be entertained by High FM in the interim. So we are going to be carrying on learning about the mystical texts. And of course, we are doing Tehillim chapter 119. And we are now going to be looking at the stanzas 113 to 120, the verses that start with the letter Samach. The letter Samach is a very, very nice letter. If you uh, look at its shape, it actually just looks like an around form. And Samach, okay, um, actually comes from the Shorish to be supported. And really the theme that King David has throughout this uh, set of verses is that Hashem supports all those who rely upon him. As we make a blessing in the morning, so mech Hashem lechol hanoflim, that Hashem supports all those that fall. It's one of the blessings that we make early in the morning, where kind of like the blessings are a form of gratitude, of thanking Hashem. There are many, many times that we will get up, we'll be weary. We might have felt that we, we've, we've fallen, that it's hard to, to get up. We make the blessing that we thank Hashem, that is somech l'chol hanoflim, that he actually supports all those that are weary, that are tired, that have fallen down. And honestly, when we talk about support and we talk about, you know, feeling comfortable that, that, that somebody is, has got our back, um, one of, I think, the most fundamental things a Jew must know is that Hashem has our back all the time. That whilst we are always trying to, you know, surround ourselves with support, be it our family, be it our friends, be it the institutions around us, our workplace, wherever we may find ourselves, ultimately the greatest support that we can find is knowing that Hashem supports us, that Hashem is with us in whatever we do, and Hashem is worrying about us and looking after us and, and, and holding us up. And if we look at the very shape of the letter Samach, you will see that it's in the form of a circle. So it kind of like represents the protection and the support that Hashem gives us from, from all sides. Now, one of the interesting things about support, about protection, about God looking after us is that the numerical value of the Samach is 60. And uh, we know that one of the people who were very wary that uh, God should protect him was, in fact, King Solomon. And we know um, that around the bed of Solomon, Shishim Giburim Savivla, there we always used to be 60 warriors encircling it. We actually say this verse um, at Kriyat Shema Alameta when we, before we go to bed, um, we have a moment where we are able to look back on the day, see how we have run the day, 
what we have accomplished, what we maybe maybe have faltered on. We go through a process of forgiveness, a process of uh, confession, and then we say a whole lot of verses. We say the Shema. And then we say a whole lot of verses. And one of them is this verse. That around the bed of Shlomo HaMelech were 60 warriors encircling him. Um, now, many commentators hold that he didn't really have 60 warriors. Like that's kind of like being a real big scaredy cat. Okay, um, but in fact, that they, they were malachim, they were angels that always, always protected uh, King Solomon while he he went he he goes to sleep, um, and therefore the number sixty is synonymous with all-encompassing uh, protection. Now, just very interestingly, one of the reasons why we say this verse is that we know that when we do go to sleep at night, our soul. Astral travels. It leaves us to a certain extent and it goes up into the higher worlds and it tells of the day that we spent of the good and the not so good that we did. Um, and it leaves our body pretty vulnerable. It leaves us quite, uh, quite nervous. Um, and unprotected. And so one of the things that we do spiritually is that we, we, we re- weave around ourselves a, a spiritual samach, so to speak, a spiritual uh, cocoon that allows our body and the remaining parts of our neshama um, untouched during the night. So it's actually quite an, an interesting idea. It says if we actually could see, you know, what was hanging around our bed at night, we would be pretty, pretty. <laughs> Scared, but don't be scared because Samach is all about the fact that Hashem protects us, that Hashem looks after us, and that, um, you know, He's He's watching over us. And that's one of the very reasons why we actually quote the verse from King Solomon, from King Shlomo, about the fact that there are 60 warriors encircling it, meaning that there are 60 malachim. And we know anyway that when a person is resolute in their faith, when a person is very strong and is connected and recognizes Hashem's presence everywhere, then you are protected from all sides. Now, we've got those that are resolute in their faith, and then we have those that are irresolute, the Sa'afim that King David is going to talk about, those who are oblivious to God and who do not merit divine protection. And really, this is the path, this is the choice that we have, that we feel embraced, that we feel supported, that we feel protected by God, or we can choose um, to deny God, to deny his existence, to deny his involvement. I had somebody the other day who came and said, like, they were pretty nervous. They heard um, of an unfortunate incidence of, of, of crime. And uh, that made them very nervous. And, I, you know, whilst it was unfortunate and, it, you know, it certainly was not pleasant by any means whatsoever, and I'm not denigrating that, at the same time I said, you know, and, and that made that person who was telling me very, very nervous. And I replied to the person and said, but one must know that Hashem is with us all the time. He's supporting us. He's protecting us. And nothing, nothing will come your way. If God is in, um, you know, is protecting, and if it does come our way, there's a lesson to be learned because that too also comes from God. That's much harder to understand. That's much harder to to accept. But that is the Jewish view that Hashem supports us in whatever we do, and many, many times. And I'm sure um, all you guys out there 
would agree, or maybe you don't agree. I'm happy to uh, engage in a discussion with you that in a, in 2020 hindsight, many, many times we will look at things that have happened to us that 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 seem to be frustrating or or even worse negative etc cetera, etc cetera. and then we look back on them and we realize that Hashem was there he was protecting us it was the right thing it happened in the right time in the right place and in fact it was it was a blessing in disguise so hey all of you all of you out there i'd love to know your thoughts what do you, what do you think about this whole idea of support do you walk around um Feeling that God supports you, or is it something very, very difficult for you? Our new studio number is 010140 if you'd like to have a chat. Otherwise, 34519 is our SMS number, or you can WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. Again, do you feel supported? Do you feel that God is watching your back every day? Or is it something very, very difficult that you struggle with? You're listening to Rabbits and Adol Kazilski. And we're back and uh, we're discussing the concept of support. How does one feel supported in life? Do you have people around you who give you that support? Do you feel supported by God? Do you go out into the world and do what you have to do? And you know that... Uh, God is is around that he's watching you that he's taking care of you um how do you feel about it give us a call 0101403020 or 20 or whatsapp 0618951019 or 34519 is our sms um number so while we're having this discussion let's look into the letters of Uh, And let's start with verse 113, which reads as follows. I hate the irresolute, okay, Um, but I love your Torah. So this translation is following Rashi, Radak, many, many others who say, who are people that are irresolute? Who are the people um, that we can describe in such a way, um, and Rashi and others hold that there are people whose minds churn with many thoughts and with wicked, uh, wicked schemes. Now, Saifim comes from the word Saif. Saif literally means something that branches off from a stem in a different direction, such as a tree branch or a branch of thought. Okay, and so in the context of this verse, what it was saying is that the thinking of the wicked deviates from the mainstream of Jewish thinking, which is in line of the will of God. And so the rabbis hold that the irresolute waver between right and the wrong paths on life. And Rashi continues and points out that you will see that a wicked person is noticeably Irresolute. Why? Because they will experience an occasional impulse to do good, but they can never ever muster the courage to follow that urge. And that's why if you look in the book of Malachim, it's chapter 18, verse 21, King, uh, the prophet Eliyahu Hanavi chastises the wicked. He says the following, Admatai, until when? How much longer? Atem poschim alshte hasifim. Will you flit between the two opinions? 
Okay, it's kind of like you can't dance at at at, at uh, you can't dance at two weddings at the same time. Either you are somebody that is connected to God and you feel supported by God, you know what is God's will, or you're kind of jumping to the other side of the fence and you're doing that which is wicked. And that is the 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 cry to the prophet uh, uh, from the prophet Elijah. How long are you going to straddle? How long are you going to flit between the two opinions? And here, King David is expressing his distaste um, quite quite harshly, using the word hate. I hate those that are irresolute. Okay, but I love your Torah because a person a person mustn't be a tzaddik and pulse, meaning that there cannot be a person who pretends to be good and wonderful and kind, and at the same time is overcome by all their temptations and actually. Will will jump to the other side, to the side of negativity, very very often. King David says, "Toratcha ahafti." I love your Torah, meaning for me, my beliefs are unshakable. I love the truth. I love what uh, Torah has taught me, and because of my love of your Torah, Hashem. I submit my entire intellect to you. I accept your values unquestionably, and what I love. What you love, I love, and what you hate, I hate. That's how the Midrash goes and explains what King David is trying to say here. So, so Afim Saneti, I hate the wicked, those that are um, resolute, that are jumping and, you know, commenting all the time, doing, not commenting, just behaving in a negative manner. Torah Hafti, Hafti, I love your Torah. Then he goes on to say in verse 114, You are my concealment and you are my shield and I put hope in your word. Now here, um, these two terms actually that you are my concealment and you are my shield actually refers to King David's own life. It says that sometimes God concealed him from his enemies and sometimes when he was discovered and attacked then God shielded him all right um first we know that when king david was running away he hid in the land of the ziphites and later they treacherously betrayed him and they said to Saul is david not concealed is not david concealed amongst us he used the word mistater and then King Solomon understood that David was around and he seized the opportunity to surround David in a death trap. Um, so first he was concealed. God helped him conceal. And when that concealment was blown, okay, what happened was God changed from being, from concealing David to a shield um, and protected him from harm. And David offers gratitude to God um, who concealed, concealed him. And then shielded him. He also, there's, there's a much, much deeper, um, meaning to the concealment and the shielding. Okay. Firstly, we're talking on, on a physical level, on a practical level, but on a much deeper level, one of the commentators of the Torah, the Chazat Sion says, we also need to be concealed and shielded from any perverted ideology of the wicked. And this is a, a prayer that we say, that we, 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 we daven for when we are, when we are saying these verses. Sitri umagini ata. 
Okay, God, you are my concealment, my shield. We might not be running away. We might not be in physical danger like King David, but certainly we need to be concealed from the spirit and the mind of perverted ideology. And we need to be shielded from any physical, spiritual, mental harm that can come upon us. And that's why King David ends this verse by saying, I put hope in your word. Meaning, despite the fact that there's danger outside, David was filled with hope. Why? Because God had given him his word. God had assured him protection. And, and he knew that once he immerses himself in the study of Hashem's word, i.e. the Holy Torah, then he will be protected um, from all harm. And this again comes back to us that where do we get our support? How do we feel our support? Um, are we people that are very, very needy to get support from friends and family? Or do we have an inner sense, an inner thankfulness that it doesn't matter where I find myself. It doesn't matter who I'm around. I feel good because Hashem is supporting me. Hashem is protecting me. There is a an aura of of shielding, of protection that God is giving me. Verse 115 reads as follows. Depart from me, you evil doers. And I will cherish the commandments of God. Here the rabbis are teaching us this is in reference to David's arch enemies who were both Doeg and Achitophel. Okay? Because he basically was saying to Doeg and Achitophel, why are you chasing me? Just give me a calm hour so that I can sit and occupy myself with the Torah. Um, and he says in Shmuel, if you look in the book of Shmuel in chapter 26, verse 19, David describes his misery and he says the following. They have driven me out this day from dwelling in the estate of Hashem, saying, go serve other gods. Now, obviously, David would never have gone to serve other gods. But what he was meaning is Doeg and Achitophel persecuted me. I couldn't occupy myself with the Torah, and it was as though I served other gods. So David cries out to them now, and he says, Surumi meni mereim, depart from me, you evildoers. Okay? He wants to know that he can just serve God with peace. And this is something, again, that, 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 that can be a plea from us to God, that if we are surrounded with, with people who are, who are at us in whichever manner, whatsoever that we 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 ask Hashem only for his protection because we know that when we are protected it doesn't matter what is on the outside what is trying to get in into the inside we are we are safe we are protected we are supported and Hashem will see us through it um one of the interesting concepts by the way is that this idea is spoken about a lot um, in terms of the land of Israel, of Eretz Israel, that Hashem's eye is on the land from the beginning of the year till the end of the year, and that Israel has a special form of protection, a special form of support. And um, it's obviously not in the scope of our discussions today, but there is many, many stories, replete, you can, you can search Google with it, stories where 
um, where people, the, the, the Israeli army, individuals, came through very, very difficult times and they really only they only did so because they realized how much Hashem was supporting them, how much Hashem was protecting them. And honestly, as I speak, um, there are three, four stories that actually flood into my mind um, about Hashem's support. And maybe towards the end of the show, I will share one or two of them with you. So the Etzra Mitzvot Elokai, I will cherish the commandments of, of, of God um, what David is asking the asking God is that he grants him the time and the peace of mind so that he could lavish his attention upon the commandments of God. Verse 116 reads as follows, Samcheni ke imratcha ve'echye ve'altevisheni misivri. Support me as you have promised ve'echye so that I may live disgrace me not in my hope. Here again, um, we know that God, that Hashem supports all those that have fallen. So King David is saying here, support me as you have promised so that I may live and allow me to put all my hope in the, in the merit of the fact that if I listen to your Torah, God, you have pledged that you will look after me. And God does say that, by the way. God says this in the book of Ayikra, in the book of Leviticus. He says, you shall therefore keep my statutes and my commandments, um, which if a man shall do the high by him, he shall be able to live through them. So King David is saying this exactly um, in his verse Support me as you have promised. And that, in fact, will allow me to live. Verse 117 reads, Sustain me that I may be saved. And I will always be engrossed in your, in your statutes. So the first thing is, before this verse, King David is asking God to support him. Now, now he's going to a much, much deeper form of support. He's saying, sustain me, meaning that sometimes the troubles, trials, tribulations, challenges, obstacles that God puts through us is very difficult. And we might not have the strength to 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 swim through them to to endure them so there's one part of where there is a support and then so the support goes much much deeper when you're asking God to sustain you meaning that God has to give us the strength to endure endure um all the afflictions <clears throat> that come our way so we're talking about something that's really deep and we're asking God to help us on both levels. And of course, again, he ends off with tamid, I will always be engrossed in your statues, meaning that if I'm free of all disturbances, if I'm free of all the obstacles, then I can certainly be engrossed in your Torah. Now, there's a very interesting insight over here because you can see that King David is asking God to free him of all the trials and tribulations of this world because he so much wants to learn Torah, live Torah, 
you know, just envelop oneself in, 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 in the, in the cocoon of Torah. How many of us get that support and sustenance from God? We, we are not in a place or a space where there is negativity. What do we do with the positivity? If things are going good for us, if today is a good day for you, how are you spending the day? Are you spending it positively? Are you spending it in, 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 in a way that God wants you to spend it? Or is it that we like get filled up with all sorts of not so good thoughts and we go out and do things like on our own agenda to fulfill our own wishes, to do our own desires? David, King David teaches us a tremendous lesson about it. You can ask Hashem, please support me, please sustain me, please be with me, please help me, you know. Um, but when we do get that sustenance, when we do get that support, when we do get that assistance, do we then take that space that we find where, where, where we do not have that burden of whatever it is that we're carrying? Do we then go out and behave in a positive manner and go out in a way that, and live a life that Torah demands of us? You know, the joke, um, it's a, a very famous joke, but it just succinctly says what we're saying now of the guy who comes into a parking lot and he's running late for a meeting and he's trying to find a parking and he's going round and round and round and round. And he turns his eyes up to God and says, God, please find me a parking. If I find a parking, I'll give $10 to charity. The next minute he turns around a corner and there is a parking. He drives in, he goes, oh, God, don't worry. I found one. Thank you. What happens with us? Is that the way we behave when we know that God is around and he's helping us, sorting ourselves out? Do we go there? Oh, don't worry. You know, we're done. So um, that is really a, a, like a very strong, subtle theme that King David says all the time. Where he says, sustain me that I may be saved. I will always be engrossed in your in your statues. Um, when he says, support me as you've promised so that I may live. Don't disgrace me in, in, in my hope. I put hope in your word. Depart me from your evildoers. I will cherish the commandments of God. He knew where his bread was buttered, and when his bread was buttered, he knew how to behave. A very, very interesting idea. And hey, I'd like you to give um, any comments um, on this. Are you feeling supported? Where are you at? Do you find this something very difficult? Do you find that when you... Uh, you, things are going good. You kind of like just uh, put God down a notch or two. I'd love to hear from you on three four five one nine or on our S on our WhatsApp oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. Verse one hundred and eighteen reads as follows: Saliti kol shoyge mechukecha. You trampled all those who strayed from your statutes. Kisheker tamitam. Um, for their deceit is falsehood. Now, this was dramatically demonstrated at the time of the destruction of the temple because we know that in Echa, um, it says, Sila kol abirai, you trampled all my strong men. There does come a point in time where the pendulum swings and there is retribution and there is a fairness. Fairness is meted out in this world. And anybody who strays um, from that which God wants us, both Jew and non-Jew, will sadly be trampled, will sadly be brought to a halt. Um, 
Why? For their deceit is falsehood. Now, we've got two types of, of people who are uh, behaving um, in not a good manner um, in what the Torah describes as shoigim. Here it's described as, as, as evildoers. We have those who sin unintentionally because they're just careless. Okay. If they are sinning unintentionally through careless, they do not deserve the harsh judgment of being trampled on. Okay. Here King David is talking about those who are really deceitful. Those who have done things intentionally. They don't really have a defense. Okay, you cannot go up and you know that you've done something wrong. Um, you know that you've made the mistake and instead of admitting it, instead of making um, amends, you go and you, you try to defend yourself even more. You're going to get trampled on, sadly. And here in, in his own life, King David is actually talking about Dog and Achitofel. Okay, they studied the law, but they were intentionally not practicing it. Very interestingly, the Midrash explains that these type of people are compared to a house full of straw. Why? Because the Midrash goes on and says that although the owner has covered its surface with, its surface with plaster, the inside remains full of straw. And when some plaster falls off, the straw becomes visible. And similarly, when it came to Doeg and Achitofel, they had studied all the subtle points and details of Torah. Okay. They kind of almost like covered themselves with a veneer of scholarship and of piety. But inside, inside, their hearts remained full of deceit. And it didn't take long before there was a crack um, in the surface and it revealed their inner baseness. And interestingly, the rabbis teach those that are deceitful. The rabbis give the name tzivuim, the painted ones. Why? Because those are the type of people that hide their, their, their sinful hearts behind a mask of piety. Um, and the Talmud goes on in Sota and says that the based in Shomala, the great heavenly tribunal, is destined to punish anybody who's a hypocrite, somebody who wraps themselves in a talus of righteousness, okay? And uh, they're in fact, in their heart, they're, 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 they're pretty evil. They aren't doing too good. So one of the things that, you know, Torah does demand of us is that we need to be authentic. We need to be true. We need to have a clear conscience, a healthy heart, and we need to behave in a positive manner. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. You are, and we are going to be finishing up the last two verses of the letter Samach, which is verses 119 and 120. 119 reads as follows, Sigim hishbata korishay aretz, like dross you have purged all the wicked of um, the earth, Therefore, I love your testimonies. And this verse refers to the hypocritical fakers that we were just talking about uh, before the break. A person who's hypocritical is far more dangerous than somebody that's openly wicked. Why? Because they can catch their unwary victims off guard. And King David, it's kind of like a prayer. He looks forward to the day when God will extract the dross, meaning that he'll bring the sins of the fakers to the surface, expose them publicly, like the smith who removes um, impurities from the silver. Now, obviously, this is, 
excuse me, this is talking about um, a time of Mashiach, a time that is now, but I cannot help um, but think, surmise, that we are kind of seeing this happening today. We are living in Ikvaseh de Mashiach. We are living in the footsteps of Mashiach. We're talking, we've spoken many, many times about the fact that we are living in the times that are just before the birthing of Mashiach. We're living in the birth pangs of Mashiach. And one of the things that will come to the fore is this. Sigim hishbata korusha aretz, like dross you will purge all the wicked of the earth. Now, Ain't it interesting that we will go and we'll look on CNN, we'll look in the news media, the social media, and we'll see that there are many, many people that are, that are, that were, um, in very high places in Hollywood, in political, in the political, um, areas of, 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 of the world, in countries, et cetera, et cetera, that slowly they are being removed, like the, the impurities removed from the silver. They're being exposed. They're being exposed. And for years and years, we thought this one's a nice guy, a good guy, a benevolent guy, whatever we thought of the guy. And then suddenly, terrible allegations of all sorts of things um, have been lobbied against them and are, are being verified as true. And we are now actually seeing that God is removing these impurities from this world are exposing them because in a place of Mashiach, we don't, this is not the way we are going to live. We are going to live healthy lives, um, honest lives, integrous lives, lives where we are completely connected to God and we understand, um, we understand the support, the sustenance that God gives us. Therefore, I love your testimonies. So what King David is saying is there is to an extent most people, even well-intentioned ones, are sometimes deceptive. You'll always find that, okay? And in that deception, most people project themselves with an appearance of piety, of devotion. They, they only let their good deeds be visible. Nobody really sees there any sins or any errors, etc., etc. King David says he declares and that he loves God's testimonies because by keeping Torah, the demands of Torah is that you actually clear your heart, your mind of, of these deceptions. Yeah, in the secular world, it's accepted. You can be a little bit like this and a little bit like that. You can go into a, to, to, to a shop and get the wrong change and just walk away and, ah, it's okay. Nobody's really going to know. Torah demands us to be unbelievably pure, unbelievably honest, unbelievably clean about the way that we live. And this is what King David is saying. I love your Torah because it allows me, it gives me the ability to, to purge any negativity, any deception that I have for myself. And finally, verse 120 reads as follows. Samar mi pachtecha bisari. My flesh shudders from the dread of you. And I fear your judgments. Uh, the Radak says the word Samar, okay, is cognate with the same word Masmer, which is a nail. What's that allusion then to? That when a person shudders with fear, the, 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 the hairs on your flesh stand on edge like prickly nails. So what King David is trying to do here is, again, bring an analogy between the person who is righteous and the person who is hypocritical, who's evil. 
a person who's a faker has no fear of God. And they imagine that since they can camouflage their sins, they can deceive God. The righteous, on the other hand, they know full well that there is no sin that they can hide from God. And they shudder in fear of Hashem's judgment. And that's why King Solomon says, Praiseworthy is the man who is constantly afraid, but he who hardens his heart shall fall into evil. Meaning, a person who is genuinely afraid of God's judgment will always conduct himself in a righteous manner. And he will never be called to judgment for sinful behavior. Because there's a moral compass. There's a paradigm in which we function compared to the rest of the world where Deception is just another way of life, and it's just how clever you get um, in that deception. But no, there, there will come a time always, whether it's an ikvaseh de Mashiach now in the time of Mashiach where a lot is being exposed, or in each and everybody's personal life, there will come a time when your deception will be exposed, and that's going to be very difficult. So King David talks about the support, talks about the sustenance of God and um, understanding that when we live in the paradigm, in the house of God, when we live with God, we land up being moral, authentic, real, clean human beings. A huge, huge blessing. Um, there's a couple more minutes left before I sign off. And so let me just share with you. One of the stories that did rush into my mind when we were talking initially about the support of God. There's a very, very famous story um, that happened in the IDF. And there are many, many that the, 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 the soldiers um, of the IDF can tell. But there was once a, a story where I, I'm not sure if it was in the in the um, Six-Day War or it was in the 73 War. Maybe it was in, in the Yom Kippur War. Um, there was a, a, a kvutzer of soldiers, a battalion of soldiers that had to, um, that, that were fighting the enemy and the enemy was maybe half a kilometer to a kilometer away and they were lying in ambush and then their, their, their lieutenant or whoever it was that was in charge of them, their commander, gave them the instruction to come out of their hiding places, crawl on all fours um, across the space between them and the enemy um, and to attack the enemy by surprise. And one of the IDF soldiers said that what was so interesting, just as the commander gave them the instruction to move forward, a terrible wind came up, a very gusty wind filled with, with, with um, a lot of dust. The dust started swirling, and within a minute or two, there was a huge dust storm to the point where the commander get, retracted his his command. He told everybody to take cover back again behind the brushes and bushes they were hiding, and um, the soldier described that they had to shut their eyes. They had to like cower down underneath because the sandstorm had become so unbelievably bad that it, it was intolerable. You couldn't, you couldn't look, you couldn't see, you couldn't speak. And this sandstorm blew for about 10, 15 minutes. They sat there cowering under the bushes waiting for this uh, really freak uh, sandstorm to dissipate. Finally, after 15, 20 minutes, the wind calmed down. You know, um, the, the, the commander gave the instruction that, you know, people could 
like stop cowering and that they should now continue with their mission to advance. But as each and every, each one of the soldiers looked up at the terrain between themselves and the enemy, they saw that the whole field between them and the enemy was filled with landmines. And suddenly it dawned on all of them that were there that God had given them an incredible, incredible miracle. What had actually happened was that had they gone on the command of their, 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 their commander to go and shuffle across the ground to, to the other side to where the enemies were, not one of them would have made it because they would have been blown to smithereens by the landmines. But God in his infinite wisdom had surrounded them with a letter samach, with, with, with support and protection. And he caused this really out of the ordinary sandstorm to blow enough to expose the landmines and therefore save the entire kvutza, to save the entire uh, group of soldiers. One example, as I said, of many, many, many in personal lives, in the lives of of, of the Jewish nation in the in 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 in, in the time of, of in the space of the land of Israel, we are supported and protected. And so, on that note, I wish each and every single one of you safe travels. Have a wonderful break. Hope that everybody gets to unwind and relax and spend quality time with your family and friends. Of course, I encourage each and every single one of you to ensure that you take a book of Tehillim with you, that you say Tehillim at every opportunity, especially now when, when things are a little bit more relaxed. There's no reason to give an excuse. Um, no excuse, in fact, whatsoever. Share Tehillim with your family. Say a chapter here and there, at very least, even more. Say tell him for the day, for the date um, and I'm wishing each and every single one of you a wonderful holiday, surrounded by family and friends, but most importantly surrounded and protected um, in the presence of Hashem where we always find ourselves and please God, we will meet again next year.